Kia ora. Welcome to Rhythms Podcast, a father and son conversation around the daily rhythm of reading the Bible in community, partnering with the Holy Spirit for connection and growth. And we're back, podcast week four of John 12 to 17, and I'm here. I'm Elijah Burton, and I'm here with my dad. How are you doing, dad? I'm doing well. It's a great day here, even though it's raining, and a great day to be talking about things to do with uh, being a Christian and apprentice of Jesus. Absolutely. Yeah. We are the aim of this podcast is well, it's just a conversation with the father and son, but the aim is to live in the slow, mm. simple, small uh, way of doing church where we are centered around the word of God. We we practice sharing the word of God daily in our communities, and that's our United Neighborhood Church communities. And we really are just wanting to embody the way of Jesus and live the way of Jesus and allow the word to be central to our lives. And it's good. It's fun. And we just love to share. But I will say that if you're listening, um, for those of you listening that aren't a part of Unite, welcome. Hello. Love to have you listening. And if you are looking for, to try to have this small community way, I mean, you can join via our website, unitechurch.org.nz. You can go on uh, go on that and follow along our Bible plan, but also get in touch. We'd love to do uh, find a way to help you do community um, that you're sharing the word together. Um, I truly believe that getting around the word is not just a solo act. It's not just me and Jesus. It's us and Jesus. We share together. We let the gifts of the church come up. And um, it's a yes, good uh, Yeah, that's going to be good. You know, one of the uh, things about this, the journey is actually hearing one another's uh, and the, having a small enough church gathering where we can hear one another's journeys with yeah. Jesus and with the Word of God, with the Scripture. And and part of the, the shift that some of us have been going through was, and, and for some people like me for a long, long time, is to realise that, that Christianity is not an academic exercise of uh, learning the systematic theology. And I've done one, two, three, four, five, six uh, theology papers back in the day, uh, maybe seven, and, and, and then feeling like we know it. That can be useful. It's not completely discounting that, but it's it's learning to follow the threads of truth that the Holy Spirit highlights in our lives as we're reading Scripture mm-hmm. and to be sharing it with one another. So it's not just me in an isolated, individualistic journey. And, and then comes the understanding, though, it's not an academic exercise, mm-hmm. but it is actually highly intelligent. I have to use my intellect Yes. In the process of, of working with what the Holy Spirit's revealing and teaching me, he doesn't discount the fact that he gave me a brain. But yeah. it's a different approach because I'm never trying to come up with an end goal of a, a pat, set, boxed teaching that I can now sort of follow and give to others. Uh, but but we're on a journey together and just um, Absolutely. And, yeah. That's so good. And so we were week one, we were John 12. Week two, we've been John 13. We've just uh, finished John, well, the most of John 14. And now we're into the end of John 14 and into one of my favorite passages, which is John 15, 1 to 17. I love this passage. I, mm. 
um, yeah, really, really speaks to me. And uh, let's let's get started, eh? We can. Let's jump on. Should we start in yep. prayer, eh? We will. Uh, Lord Jesus, thank you that you are ever-present, that you are here, Father, Spirit, Son, and that we can... You invite us into your love. You invite us into all that you are. And we're so grateful and thankful and we trust you. And so I just ask that your Holy Spirit that is here right now would be speaking to every listener, every person along their journey. You would be encouraging, convicting, growing, just being present with every single one of us. And we trust you as we have this conversation that you are your spirit would light the path and your spirit would uh, be doing the leading. Yes, we, we remind ourselves, Father, that in Jesus, that in that verse 26 and 14, we finished with last time, the help of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. And so our desire today is to be uh, working with the Holy Spirit the one who breathes the word of life into people's hearts, bringing a revelation and understanding, helping them to understand with their minds um, how to know Jesus better, how to know the Father better, how to live in Christ better. And it's the Holy Spirit. We are asking for your leadership. We're asking for your help. We're expecting you to be at work with us and through us as we speak today. We ask that people will just open their hearts as they hear and say, Holy Spirit, be my teacher. Be my teacher. We are not the big teachers here. The Holy Spirit's the big teacher. We're just the assistants. Yeah. Love it. Amen. Hey, let's get started. Yeah. We're going to go into John, the end of John 14 that we ended off last time, and we're going to move into John 15. Yep, read down to verse 31 and John 14, and we'll pause there, then pick up John 15. Nice. Here we go, John 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. Mm. Yeah. And of course, they, uh, I'm going to leave a room and go to a garden. In the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus was arrested uh, later in the night. Yeah. When I was looking at these verses from 27 to 31, uh, I just thought there's some there's some threads that flow all the way through John, well, from John 12 even through to John 17. And and I see at least four of these significant threads evident in these, uh, what, five verses. Uh, can you see them? What do you think they might be? Uh, the threads evident. Well, what are some of, the, some of the threads that flow all the way through John um, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 that are evident in these verses? 
Yeah. Oh, good. Good question. Yeah. So why does he say, my peace, I live with you? It's one of the the threads that we're going to have trouble. That's right. All the way through, isn't there? We see this thread of trouble, betrayal. John 12, I am very troubled. Uh, What should I do? Um, I'm going to be betrayed. Uh, he's speaking to his disciples. I'm going to leave you. There's grief, uh, but but do not let your hearts be troubled, because uh, I go to prepare a place. So this whole sense of the world gives trouble, mm. the world gives betrayal, mm. the world gives and 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 yeah, you know, we live in New Zealand in the current times. The world gives conspiracy, yes, uh, all the time, not just in these days. The mm. the world gives these things. But he says, I don't give you that. I'll give you peace. Yeah. What's uh, another of him? And, of course, this peace, before we go there, is shalom. Yeah. And it's the it is well with my soul. Yeah. It is well. It's not just a, a sense of being in a nice, tranquil place, but it's, yeah. it's it's that life is good, even though life's not in a good place. Yeah, great. Yeah. And what's another thread that might be there, that we see there? Uh, okay. I wouldn't. Yeah. Would another thread be um, talking about the connection to the father, the love that he has between the father and him? Yes. Yeah, you see that here, isn't it? I'm going away and I will come to you. If you love me, you would have rejoiced because I'm going to the father for the father's going. Now, this all the way through, we get this I'm in the father and the father is in me. Yeah. You've seen the father, you've seen me. Um, the sense of oneness. He doesn't actually use the word much at this point, it comes up later, doesn't it? But that sense of that oneness is evident through these teachings of Jesus. Yeah, and, uh, so that's, that's an important thing to, um, to just think about for a moment because we're going to find ourselves going into that another more as we get into John 15, aren't we? Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and also that it's, it transcends time. Yeah. And it transcends our... Um, well, our idea of place and space and time. And, uh, yeah, it's just important to allow the Holy Spirit to help us to get that I can be at home with the Father now, mm. even though he is preparing a place for me in eternity, he's actually prepared a place for me now. And I'm at home now. These are wonderful uh, truths because I'm in Christ. Yeah, yeah I love I love what you say. Oh, yeah, I'll I'll give you another one. I was just going to say I love. That's been something that's been really kind of like playing over and over for me. That that reality of the Father, the Spirit, the Son, and that kind of outside of timeness that God is. Yes. And and even for me, growing up a lot, um, it's not that I was not aware of the Trinity, but a lot of the culture of the church was about me and God. So like God as a person, me as a person. So that still feels like. Oh, actually, I'm in. It's not just me and Jesus. It's this this God community. Yes, before time, and He thought of me, you know, and dreamed me up and us up before time. It's this. It's crazy, isn't it? It just blows my mind, and it. Yeah, I think seeing God in that way before anything could go wrong. God was love before anything yeah. could be messed up, before anyone could yeah. 
Choose he to was, trust him. He, trust him. he yeah. was, yeah, absolutely. Another theme is that the love, the love that we have for Jesus, if you loved me. Well, but before that, I think in verse 30, the ruler of this world is coming. Okay. And and this is an unusual one, isn't it? It's not unusual, but it's one that is a little bit out of step with our normal way of thinking. Yeah. Uh, okay. you know, Judas, he said, you know, it's, it's uh, like talked about Satan coming into him. Mm. Uh, we didn't read it in John so much, but when we looked at Luke's story about Peter um, being denial of Jesus, it says Satan has come to sift you. Mm. And this is going to come up again in um, verses 16 and chapter 16 and 17 that this place of a spiritual being mm. who is the ruler of the world that we live in. We read about it in Ephesians when we did Ephesians, Ephesians uh, 2 1 to 3, the prince of this world who has the powers of the air. Mm. Um, and uh, we read about it in Colossians 1, 13 and 14, when we're redeemed from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Mm. So this idea that there's a world of, this is the cosmos, the world of systems and cultures and ways of people making their living in the world. So that word world is not the physical creation. Mm. Uh, it's, it's the cultures and the ways that people live in it that actually have a spiritual oversight mm. That is called the prince of this world, or or the prince of darkness, mm. and and then I, I just want to make the point that we're going too deep, but just to be aware, really, here that there is something. And reading the verses I mentioned, if you think you know, if you're listening, thinking, oh, I don't know what to do with this, go read Ephesians two, one one to or at least down to eight, nine, or ten. Go read Ephesians six, uh, verses ten down to eighteen. Go read. Colossians chapter one and read down around verses 13 and 14 and just say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying here? Yeah. And how does this work? But then you think of a verse like Isaiah 60, one and two, which I'm hearing a number of Christians quote in these days, arise, shine, for your light has come. But then it says, but thick darkness is over the earth. Wow. And you'll be light in the darkness. And, and these are not different things. And, and so part of the learning for me there is, I'm not expecting light to come from worldly places. <laughs> yep. Um, and, and, you know, in New Zealand right now, there's some Christians who are challenging the government to have more light. Saying the government is showing a lot of the darkness. Uh, it's, it's, it's moving away from any sense of knowing a Christian ethic. Mm. And there's real serious concerns about that for Christians. It's not nice, mm. but why did I expect mm. a government that does not claim to be following Jesus or Christian yep. to show me light? And you'd you'd think um yeah. you're right you're right and you'd think if I was was wondering recently you know if Jesus was so concerned about reforming government, uh, wouldn't he as God incarnate? Wouldn't he have spent his time on earth yeah. going to Rome, yeah. talking straight to Caesar? You know, nothing could stop God, right? Mm -hmm. That's what we believe as Christians. So surely yeah. he could have gone and talked straight to Caesar and reformed. Because Rome was like squashing the Jews. Like they had like everybody. 
absolutely. But historically, yeah. like the, the tax is 80, 90%. So he's talking, mm. you know, a sermon on the mount is to a whole bunch of people that are being taxed 80 to 90% of yeah. their income. And you'd yeah. think you'd go, hey, guys, I'm going to go talk to, you know, you'd think if that was his primary concern. So we see here that God incarnate, his primary concern wasn't reforming the external uh, things going on on earth. He was looking to reform the heart. So he was speaking to the heart. And, and he takes time. Yeah. And uh, one of the things some of us say, get a bit older, you realise that from your own life, that God is still growing me up. Uh, yes, he's been right. with me in some areas of my life for a long time, and then he says, oh, Paul, come and grow up here. So oh, I didn't even realise that was a problem, God. Uh, but also biblically, uh, I've been I've been just considering on a sideline the, the, the term a priest of Melchizedek, and it shows up in Abraham, it shows up in one psalm, mm. uh, 110, and it shows up in Hebrews. You know, thousands of years, thousand-odd years between each of these plus years between each of these evidences, and yet they're part of the same story and linked together. And we think, God, a thousand years, this is like a day to you. And, and one of the other verses that's been on my heart, it was into my heart, actually, so I've thought about this, is God is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. Mm-hmm. And the context, if you read back a couple of verses, is about judgment. So God is slow in judging right and wrong in the world and bringing the justice through the systems of the world because he is He is not wanting any to perish. Mm. He tolerates a lot of injustice. That's what I read into that. I'll tolerate a lot of injustice through your governments and systems and your dealings with one another because yes. I'm wanting everyone to come to repentance and be saved. Mm-hmm. And, and I think when God steps in to judge, he has to judge us all. He can't just judge one. And um, so anyway, that's not, I don't want to go too deep there, but just to recognise that that there is more going on that we perceive. Hey, Dad, and, this, that passage, I was so intrigued by that verse 31, and it says, you know, the prince of this world is coming. Yeah. He has no hold of me, but he yeah. comes so that the world may learn uh, yeah. that I love the Father. Yeah. That's a fourth thread, isn't it? So there's the fourth one. There's the one you mentioned, that that Jesus is actually, you see that there? I, I really was thinking about that too again. And like Jesus says in John 13, um, 34, 35, which we need to remember all the way through, a new commandment mm. and, and a new commandment. Mm. Commandment that almost embraces all the commandments. Uh, we'd have to do some teaching on that to show that, but but it does. Yeah, it's like it, it doesn't discount. It doesn't keep discount them. It just takes us to a step above them. And it says a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you. The old commandment was love one another or love your neighbour as you love yourself. But now love one another as I have loved you. Jesus says. Yes. And then all men will know that you are my disciples. I do as verse 31, as the Father has commanded me. Mm-hmm. My screen, but there it is, so that the world may know mm-hmm. that I love the Father. I, I see a parallel. He's showing how I do what the Father's doing is showing mm-hmm. how I love the Father. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the world's going to see something to it. 
And as you say, you know, this, uh, the phrase before that's worth emphasizing just to say to me, remember, he has no claim on me. Mm. And if I'm in Christ, the devil has no claim on me. Yeah. But it doesn't mean there's times I won't be sifted by him. Yeah. Because God will allow him to come to sift me so he can bring out stuff in me that hasn't been seen uh, any other way and comes out through the, the trouble. But yes. I don't have to be too concerned yep. about what the devil's doing. I want to be concerned how I'm, how I'm obeying the Father Which loving is- the Father. Yeah. yeah, I love that, which is, you know, that key in, in John 13, 34. Interesting, as you're talking, I'm like, you know, Jesus, when God came as God incarnate, as Jesus, you know, the word flesh, it was a dawning of the kingdom, you know. Here's him saying, I'm yeah. establishing my kingdom yeah. here. Yeah. And then we see that and love one another because as, as you love one another, my kingdom will be established. It will spread. And we we go a lot as Christians to um, the Great Commission. It's Matthew 29. Matthew 28. Uh, There's 29? Uh, um, 18 to 20. Ah, oh, no. Yeah. Anyway, the Great Commission. And we go there as, you know, this is what we're here to do. And I'm interested because I feel like the Great Commission comes back to this passage as well. It does. Because he says, as you go, baptize okay. people in my name and teach them what I've commanded you. And we see that Jesus spent a lot of time telling his disciples what he's commanded them. And we're mm-hmm. actually, which is a perfect segue into John 15. Yeah. Can we just be a wee bit longer um, as we get into John 15? Sure. And we'll bring ourselves into it on this, just reminding ourselves that this is a new command. Yeah. Um, to love one another as I've loved you. Because we saw that in uh, John 14, early on, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. And we're going to get down and we'll read them in a moment, but I'll say some of them now. But John 15, 10, if you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love. Mm. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So he's just pulled verse 31 in John 14 and John 13, 34, and 35, and put them together. Mm. Uh, and we, we say, oh, this is my commandment, John 15, 12, that you love one another as I've loved you. Mm. And, and you are my friends, John 15, 14, if you do what I command you. And then John 15, 17, these things I command you so that you will love one another. And the point of making this is coming to grips with this command mm. to love one another. And, and we sort of pulling all the way through this text and take a moment on it because it's it's difficult for us. It's difficult for me. It's been difficult over the years because when I think command and obedience, I think you know, 100-kilometre speed limit, if you go faster, you could get punished. And and so the, the normal default thing for me with commands has been to avoid punishment to get approval. Mm. And But this is not that. Mm. Um, in fact, John, first John 4, 16, uh, or 15, 16 down to 19, 20, it says, you know, that, that perfect love drives out all fear, but it's not, a, it's not, a, that's just not where it ends. And you'd know that, wouldn't you? It, it drives out all fear of punishment. Mm. Yeah. It doesn't drive, it doesn't say it drives out all fear as an, as a, as a, some universal thing. But yep. fear of punishment, fear of not being approved. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so, so we have to look at this and realize, so what's he saying when he says commandments? Mm. What is he calling us to? He just says, I, I 
do as the Father has commanded me. Mm. Love one another. New commandment I give you. Love one another as I give you. It's not like obeying the speed limit. Uh, it's not like not doing something so we don't get punished. Yeah. And it's not like doing something so we get approved. Mm. Um, years ago, uh, when our oldest grandson, Isaiah, was, uh, he was old enough to put on his own car seat, uh, mm. but not old enough not to be checked up on. And and guy said, had you put your seat car, car, car bed on? And he had it. He was being a smart aleck, a uh, little kid, I don't know, five or six. And she said, guy said, well, you've got to do it up because if you don't do it up and we get stopped by a policeman, We'll get punished. We'll get a ticket. I said, stop there, guys. We don't want to train our grandchildren to think of, you know, right and wrong and punishment. We want to train them to think of life and, and obedience to life. And I said, so I said, Isaiah, mm. we need you to put that seatbelt on because there's some stupid drivers out there and they might do something silly right in front of me and I might have to stop the car a lot more abruptly than I would choose to, and if you haven't got a car seatbelt on, you could get hurt. So I want to change it to love mm. and, and protection mm. of your life. And, and that's that's a little example. It's not deep and prof- it's profound a little bit, but it's not as deep as this is. And I, think uh, he, I also think he wraps it around, he's, it's, it's about relationships. You That's are right. my friends if you do what yeah. I command. He's actually talking about yeah. boundaries of relationship. So there's a yeah. sense of saying, here's what a boundary of being in connection with me is. Because mm. we, we see relationship uh, as, sorry, there's a couple of noises on my computer. For those listening, we're doing this over Zoom. And so it may, the quality may be a bit different. Um, but there's this, in our world, relationships tends to lean towards transaction really easy. Yeah. We tend to slide yeah. into that where it's yeah. kind of give and take. But actually, yeah. Jesus is framing this by saying, no, 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 no. True friendship is this cohabitation of love. You know, the Trinity, there's no hierarchy in the, trim- mm. in, in the Trinity. The Father loves the Son. Yeah. The Spirit loves the mm. Father. Like, they all love one another. And it's not just one and one as well. You know, I think one of the challenges with our faith is we've made love one person and one person. And the danger of one person loving one person is that we actually, we miss out on the love of one person. We miss out on the love of me watching someone love someone else that I love. Yes, yes. The love that exists in the Trinity. There's there's actually, I want to read this quote and then we'll we'll read it. Um, Yeah. We will read the passage, but there's this quote that my friend sent me, and his name is Damien, and he he. I want to read it out because I just thought it was a really good quote. Um, is this plagiarism? If you read out a quote from C.S. Lewis, <laughs> here we go. Because this is good, yeah. this is a good way to frame. I think what Jesus is asking for, mm. talking about. It says this: those who cannot conceive friendship as a sub sub substantive love but only as a disguise or elaboration of eros betray the fact that they have never had a friend the rest of us know that though we can have erotic love and friendship for the same person yet in some ways nothing is less like a friendship than a love affair lovers are always talking to one another about their love 
Friends hardly ever about their friendship. Lovers are normally face-to-face, absorbed in each other. Friends side-by-side, absorbed in some common interest. Above all, eros, while it lasts, is necessarily between two only. But two, far from being the necessary number for friendship, is not even the best. And the reason for this is important. In each of my friends, there is something that only some other friend can fully bring out. By myself, I am not large enough to call the whole man into activity. I want other lights than my own to show all his facets. Hence, true friendship is the least jealous of loves. Two friends delight to be joined by a third and three by a fourth. If only the newcomer is qualified to become a real friend. They can then say, as the blessed souls say in Dante, here comes one who will augment our loves. For in this love, to divide is not to take away. Yeah. Yeah. And because that's going to come in to the text. Yeah. Uh, in verse 14, if you are my friends. Yes. You are my but, friend, my philos. That's so right. We read, uh, I read it through, but I just, just I guess the... um. The framing, if you're reading this, is read this as relationship. Read this yeah. as someone calling someone else and not just someone else, calling others into mm. this place of practicing love. Yeah. Um, here we go. The vine and the branches. John 15, verse 1. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you, which takes us back to the washing of the feet. Yes. Yeah. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me and another translation say abide in me, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain or abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, my words remain in you this time, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love, which is back to the end of chapter 14. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. There you go, right back to that. Yeah. Chapter 13, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my Mm. friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you 
and appointed you so that we might that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. And it's really important as we see these. I mean, I actually really, I love this passage. And I find that many times we take little bits out of this passage. Yes. <laughs> like we say, take bits out and go, oh, just, we'll say this, for example, we'll say, oh, I'm just abiding in God, just me and God. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't, that's not what he's saying. That's not no. bad, but that's not what he's saying. He's saying, if you want to be abiding in me, you'll obey my commands. And my command is that you love one another. Essentially, yes. he's saying, abide in me by loving one another. Mm. So you cannot separate abiding in God and loving other believers, the ones he's called us. You cannot. And, uh, I mean, it's clear there. It's also clear in other places all the way through uh, Scripture. And and it's also, if we take it back to the beginning of the story in Genesis 3, in some ways, uh, if we were to see what happened in Genesis 1, 2, and 3, and particularly Genesis 3, with the temptation and with what we call the fall, Mm -hmm. it was a it was a shift from abiding. Um, so from being people who were, were abiding in God, fellowshipping with God, they shifted out of that, and, and in that somehow obeying His words with them, they now shifted to obeying another word. And so the they it's important for me that here is here the guts or the depth or the cutting edge of the sin. What we call sin here was a shift in what they were abiding in, mm-hmm. uh, not just I did the wrong thing. Yeah. And and uh, and so we've seen this importance that Jesus is bringing to abiding. And mm-hmm. I don't mean some. It's just you know, there's a whole series of messages in these uh, verses when I look at them. But some thoughts. What what's fruit? He's uh, given us a wonderful yeah. picture here, hasn't he? Yep. And, and and for any of us who are sitting there thinking, how do I do this? How do we ever become this church where we love one another as Jesus loved us so that all men may know that we are his disciples? And, and before we get into it, if I can just, just, just consider this, is the evidence in New Zealand right now outside of the church in what we call the world, those people who do not have any claim and nothing out of their mouth would say, I'm a follower of Jesus. They just, that's not who they would see themselves as. Is the evidence amongst these people that those who do claim to be in Christ or the church are people of love? Mm. People who love one another as Jesus loves them. Is that the story we would hear from those outside? Yeah. Uh, wow. And if it's not, and, and I would guess that in most cases, from what I hear, it isn't, yeah. we then ask ourselves, am I abiding in Christ? Wow. As he's asked me to. Mm. Um, am I committed to loving the one another's yeah. in my life, my will, as Jesus loves me? Am I committed to, am I given over, better word than committed, am I given over to practicing that? And and one of the thoughts I had when I was looking at this around that, I wonder if there's many of us who are like Peter, who 
who at the end of, uh, was it chapter 12? I'll lay down my life for you. I'll die for you. Was it chapter 13? Um, it's been, been a while now. And, you know, I'm going to, I will lay down my life for you. Yeah. And But what he was doing was laying down his life for who he wanted Jesus to be. Wow. He didn't want Jesus to go to the cross. That's not the Jesus he wanted. I'll stop this. I'll get in between you and the, these guys who are going to arrest you, and I will die trying to protect the Jesus I want you to be. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, he had to die to that. Yeah. He had to go through a breaking down. But then what he found out, if you read the story on, is he found out, but you can lay your life down for me, G. Peter. Mm. Not, but you can lay your life down me by loving the one another's in your life as I have loved you. Yeah. Loving your brothers, your as your friends, the ones that you read about in the series. So it's not the, the one-on-one intensive, I don't know, the friends, the body of Christ, yes. loving them as I have loved you. And, and I think I wonder if there's something going on in the church and God is calling us to, to actually see a Jesus who went to a cross. Yeah. He didn't. He knew that Satan had nothing on him, but he didn't hang on to a claim. Look at who I am. You can't touch me and you can't tell me what to do and you can't take away my freedoms. He said, no, I've laid all my freedoms down because I trust the Father to give them back That's to me great. in his time, his place. My faith is in the Father, not in me claiming things, not in me fighting for things. That's, and yeah, that's right. Church. Yeah. You're right. Sorry, I was going to say, you're right. That is, um, I think there's actually something happening across the board where we, particularly those of us, well, we've to different extents walked a journey of faith. Yeah. God's saying, I want you to give that up. I want mm. you to die to some of how yeah. you see me. And yeah. I think it's a bit more painful than just a little prayer after this podcast. I think it's actually a journey of allowing God to, yeah, surrendering, like the, you know, that painful surrender that says I'm not actually, yeah. We can offer ourselves up, but we can't actually clean our own heart. No, we can't. Um, and we can just so be available. So we'll pick that up and right. so go back to the question I gave. So so what's the fruit? Okay, the fruit. Yeah, what do we think it is? Um, what's yeah, the great. That's a good question. So do you think the fruit is? Oh, because he keeps talking about it. Um, what's fruit- meant to come out of a life planted in Jesus? Is it too simple? Is the answer love? I think the answer is very simple, and I don't think I've hardly ever heard it. Obedience? Well, yes, but isn't it love one another? Yeah, yes. Isn't the fruit loving one another as I have loved you? Loving the believers that you run into as Jesus loves us. And then, of course, if we were to use the Leviticus 19 basis for the command, love your neighbours yourself, it's in there twice. Yeah. The first time it's clear that it's about, and we know we're not talking about love your neighbour, what we're talking about is what Jesus has stepped that up into. Yes. Uh, so it is part of it. It's just not the completeness of love one another as I've loved you, but it's, it's in there. Uh and the first time, it's evident when he says, now love one another, love your neighbours yourself, it's clear it's talking about the people of Israel that you're engaged with in community. Mm. 
The second time, it specific, specifically says, the stranger amongst you. The bloke, the alien from the other country who just showed up, the immigrant, the person who you don't know. Yeah. You love them as your neighbour. And so when we love one another, we don't get to choose who the one another's are. <laughs> yep. And, and so it's just the fruit. Mm. Um, you know, the argument for my days over the years have been the number of people who get saved because of what we're doing. Well, love one another as I've loved you, and by this all men will know. You and my disciples need to meet to be some people drawn to Jesus. Yep. Because of that. Or women uh, as well, eh, Dad? Pardon? Or women as well, or men and women. I say men, do they? Some people. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's the fruit of the Spirit. Yep. Uh, but they start with love. And I think the fruit of the Spirit, even, even when we consider, you know, Galatians 5, it's all relational words. Those words don't make any sense outside of relationship. They have no context without a relationship. You know, forbearance, patience, gentleness, yeah. self-control, and even where they've been put in the discussion that Paul's having and where it flows onto, that yeah. the talk about the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit flows directly into yeah. being with one another. Yeah. Love. Carrying each other's burdens. And it's still talking about, anyway, it's going to jump back into Galatians. So yeah. it's off the fruit is, if we wanted to bring it down to one thing, that yeah. actually has many, um, many aspects to it. Yes. And, and love is like that because uh, love is patient and love is kind and love does trust and love is generous and love holds no record yeah. of wrongs and love does forgive. And so love is, is many things, but it's still only one thing. Mm. Uh, it, it says there, every branch that does not bear the fruit of loving one another, as I have loved you, he takes away. Yeah. Every branch that is not obeying my commands to love one another, as I have loved you, he takes away. And so the, there are some... Um, there are some responsibilities in becoming in a Christian. There's meant to be uh, certain things happening in a Christian's life to show that they are a Christian. Uh, yep. And if they're not there, Jesus says, the evidence is you're not a Christian. Yep. Uh, this is quite heavy. Mm. And it does take us to those verses in Matthew 7. Uh, when those people, he says, come and say, well, I, I healed people in your name. I cast out demons in your name. I prophesied in your name. He went that way there. And Jesus said, yeah, but, but I, don't, I didn't know you. Yeah. Maybe saying, I, I didn't see my love in you. Um, we said that in another week or, or Matthew 25 and mm. talking about the kingdom. Uh, what, what are all those things you did? You showed love. You showed practices of love. And Jesus said, when you showed those practices of love to one another, to your least, the least brothers and sisters among you. Mm. I saw me in you. Yeah. Wow. I saw me in you. I saw me in you. You, you were like, I saw that you were attached to me like a branch to the vine, and I saw me in you. I love this. And I think, you know, for those listening, this is not just something we can listen to. This is not just a passage we can read and go, oh, that's nice. It's actually something that, you know, my prayer for us, for myself included with it, we actually, with this, this, this passage is like a sword and it cuts 
and you go, wow, God, what, what do you want me to do with this? What do you, what does it mean? What are you saying to me? Um, love is an action. And now it's, it flows from receiving the love of God. Yeah. Love is an action. There's a, pra- it's a practice. Yes. Yeah. And we can't let the shame of past striving or the shame of doing things without God or for God that have caused us to feel allergic to performance and allergic to practice, stop us yes. from engaging into what he's asked us to do. Now, now I was going to say, obviously, but it's not always obvious. No. It's important that we understand that this has come after him talking about the spirit of truth. And we'll, we're at, mm. uh, chapter 15 ends with that as well. We have an advocate. We rely heavily and fully on the, the Holy spirit to, yes. to lead us in this practice but this practice lands in life it's the focus of our day-to-day isn't it like it's as as a follower of jesus this is our focus it is and and there's two other thoughts we can build on that because i think this passage is also if we're looking for anything would be a key yeah Uh, not that that is a key but it, it does lay down a pathway Yep. To be those disciples who love one another. Yes. As Jesus loved them. And the pathway is abide. Yep. Is abide. Uh, and, and to be in this relational place. Uh, but before it gets to abide, it uses, it just, and you mentioned it before, the word is a sword. Mm-hmm. So you are clean because of the word I've spoken to you. You are pruned. Any mm-hmm. any branch that does bear fruit, he clean, prunes, he cleans that. That word is to purge us away. So we don't say centuries to know that which bore fruit last year yep. purges away. So there's more this year. Or is it that there's mixed, sometimes mixture in us that we aren't even aware of? Yeah. And Jesus knows that there's still purifying to go on in a person's heart and belief system. Yeah. And our belief system is critically important because out of our beliefs, we will live. Um, and if we don't know what they are, we're living them out anyway. So he needs to continue. He says, no, there's some things that are coming out of you that show you that you've provided, but there's some mixture in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's mixture. Well, when our heart is troubled, when there's anxieties that, that are actually um, disturbing the, the peace in our core mm-hmm. and our belief system. They're not just anxieties that are, you know, we will feel trouble, but it's a different thing to have that deep inner anxiety that we can't shake, that fear. Uh, there and he says, Do not let your heart be troubled. And so maybe he's going to prune away all those, continue to clean away all those things that trouble our heart because a troubled heart will always struggle to love. Mm. It'll love in part, but it won't be able to love completely. It can mm. love here, but not there. It can love this person, but not that one. It, mm. it, it can love, it, it'll want to love and do something here. It'll just be cool to do it. But at the same time, it'll be afraid. Oh, no, if I give that, feel like I should give that person this because they seem to need it. And right now I feel like I, I, can, I can see I can afford it, but I don't know what's coming tomorrow. And so I don't, I don't feel like I can give that bit of money, maybe it's money uh, today, because I don't know what's coming tomorrow, so I'm afraid I need to hang on to it. And so there's, you get that push me, pull me thing. I want to be generous, but I can't be generous because I'm fearful that I might need it for an unseen issue that shows up in the future. And that's a heart that's um, 
do you, that's got trouble in it. Yeah. Would you say, yeah, no, that's a really good point. Would you say that you can't be a person of love if you're not a person of peace? And that I'm saying you will have a mixture in your I don't want to make it absolute. Sure. But as our peace, as peace grows and rolling out in the most part and being, love can flow more fully and freely and purely, unmixed. Yeah, great. That, that if, and I, my experience is when I looked at this a couple of years ago and, and God just kept me drawing me back to it again. And um, remember at the time we were talking about how it impacted on the leadership of the church maybe three years ago, four years ago, probably 2017. And, and that idea of more from less came up. God wants to prune us back as a body of believers so we're doing less stuff, but get more. there'll be more fruitfulness for the kingdom from the less. And during that time when I was meditating and God felt God just said to me, well, I'm gonna, I want to prune all the unbelief from your life. Mm. And and this in this context, why? Because where there's unbelief, there will be there will be a troubledness in my spirit, yes. agitation. There's a place for anxiety to come and camp. There's a place for desires for things outside of the kingdom of God to actually find a a root, a place to take root. And, and so as he clings them out you find more freedom because there's things in that freedom means I can hold, I I can love more cleanly, more freely. Um, I can be, I mean, express love, do things. Fantastic. I I love that, Dad. Um, I think um, we're we're getting to the end of our. So the question next is what is abiding? Great. That's a big one from verse 4. All that's the way not, down to. Uh, I don't, uh, think, that's, I don't yeah. think that's a question. I think abiding is. Yeah. Obeying. It is obeying, but does the obedience come from the abiding, or does the abiding come from the obedience? Mm. I, I'm not saying one or the other, but I think we've got to dig in a bit because it's because, interesting. He says, "He says, now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love." Yeah. So it sounds to me like keeping his commands yeah. is the doorway into remaining in his love. Yeah. So, so abiding is this could be, be remaining. So I, I had a look at this word command, and uh, and it's made up of two words. And one word is the word by itself would just be in. Um, like you say, I'm in Christ. I'm in a place. I'm in a position. Yeah. I'm in a relationship. I'm in. So, and the second word is the word telos, which which is like an end, a complete, an end point, a target, a goal. Um, so he's saying, just commandment us, you keep my commandment, keep being in me and keep being about our purpose together. Your place now is abiding in me and your purpose now is to abide in me. And yeah. even like we, we love to separate doing and being, but God yeah. doesn't do that. No. He doesn't no. separate that. One of the same. One yeah. of the same. My doing is my being is my doing. We like to say things like, I'm not a human doing, I'm a human being, because because we separate and, and we pull away from these different parts of us. And God's like, Well, you can't do that. Your being will be your doing. Yeah. So we just don't like that. We yeah. we don't like that because we don't like our doing. So, yeah. so, so, so right, up being and doing that. Yeah. If we read the verse, if you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love. Yeah. If you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love. You, if you, if 
it just as I've kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Yeah. Um, if you abide in me, you're going to keep my commandments. So if you keep my being in Christ yeah. and keep living for the purpose of being of the, of maintaining the relationship of living in Christ, yeah. you will abide in my love. Yeah. If you keep com- keep the com- abiding in me, you will abide in me. Yeah. If you abide in me, you'll command what it is to abide in me. It's like it's not one before the other, is it? They are they're the same thing. But it's actually saying, so what I'm going to, the command I'm going to keep is whatever it takes to stay in the love of Christ. Right. And and uh, I'm in Christ. And I like to, I mean, so, you know, we, we it's so, as you say, this being and doing, it's so mystical and yet concrete at the same time. Yeah. It's like mystical on that. When I became to Jesus, Christ came alive in me. Yeah. But at the same time, I became into Christ, into his body on earth. And the Holy Spirit arranges me in that body just in the way he wants me to be, which means there's other people all around me Mm. in the body that are now some of them that Mm. I have to learn how to flow with and work with and and be body with, community with, abide with. Mm -hmm. And it's like these are not two different things. These are one, one thing. Yeah. Uh, it's Christ in me and me in Christ, in his body, Christ being formed and me being formed or be in the body of Christ on earth, uh, me abiding in Christ and obeying his commands, me command, obeying his commands and abiding in Christ. They're, they're one thing. And they're I think things. totally, and it's really interesting because as Christians we would want Jesus to love everyone, but we don't want to love everyone. But if we're in Jesus, there's no yeah. separation there. And one of the I think for me, one of the things for us to consider is where we have, well, it's the simple question of where we've just put up our own selfish, like where we've allowed things not of God to take root and where we've allowed things that are just our own pride, our own sense of, well, I know what's right and and God's good, but I've I've got some ideas too. And allowing them to always continually fold down to walk, you know, to walk the the life of humility is to allow... Seeds of pride, like little plants of pride. We've got to keep weeding, right? Mm. And verse 7 we read there. And and for many of you, we're jumping around a bit in these verses and I just recommend you sit and read them over and over a few times and allow them to speak to you. But verse Mm. 7, just picking that one up, if you abide in me, my words abide in you. Yeah. It it doesn't mean you've just listened to them. It means those words abide in us as our truth as our way of seeing reality. And then it says, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. There's a condition there. Mm. You cannot go before God and ask expecting it to be done if you don't have a desire Mm. to have his word abiding in you and shaping who you are. And so if his word is different from your desire, your desire has got to die. Yeah. And there's things that we have to learn to say, I am now counting myself dead to that because now I'm alive to the word of God. Mm. Um, that that and there'll be grieving there, there'll be pain there, there'll be difficult, there'll be discipline. Like and discipline means there's a difficult period of like cognitive dissonance to go through mm. because it'll go against the grain of how we've trained ourselves to be retrained mm. uh, by the word of God, by the love of God yes. flowing into us. And and down in verse. 14, 13 and 14, he actually tells us what this love is. 
Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Mm. And you are my friends if, there it is again, if mm. I command you. And, and, and part of the um, maybe weakness of some of the, particularly the songs we've had for, for quite a long period, as you, as you mentioned earlier, a lot of the songs are actually about me and Christ, like my benefits from being in Christ. I'm a friend of God. And the scripture says I am. If I do what? If I do what Jesus commands me. Yep. If I'm given to abiding in Christ and loving my one another's as Christ loved me. There's, I'm there's, not a friend because I read the verse and claimed it. That's right. That's right. And there's something about oh, I'm freely saved and freely in the journey. But as I'm saved, I now... I work out my salvation. I don't work it off. It's not higher purchase, but I am now walking in the way of God. I am now remaining in him. I think it's more I can come in for free and I can stay in for free, but I have to be who I am in there. I have to be in Christ. And if I'm in Christ, I have to have Christ in me. That's great. Um, I come in for free and I stay there for free. But I have to be in Christ, right. and Christ has to be growing in me. It's and great God, God is in other places, you know, patient with us. Yes, I have to be in this process of growing and maturing and loving one another as Christ loved me, and I have to grow the understanding that that's how I love Christ. I love that, Dad, because actually it's really easy, particularly in some of our contexts, to read these verses and just feel like it's more things for us to do. And it's easy to read that and it's easy to move into mm. a salvation that is yeah. Jesus plus yeah. my ability to love, you know, but it's not yeah. what he's saying. And it's it's important we see that difference. Like you said, I can come in freely, I can stay freely, and I freely become who I need to be. I actually let go of the other things that I thought I was and I allow him to grow his kingdom inside of me. And, uh, and just for as we're probably coming to an end. Yes. We remind ourselves, Jesus says, earlier on in those verses, apart from me, you can do nothing. Yeah. And if we were to go to First John 4 and uh, verse 16, it says, we have come to know and believe the love God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. That same mutual abiding mm. going on. God and Jesus, us and Jesus, us and God. All is one. By this, love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence. So as we abide in the love of God, it says love will be perfected in us. We have to trust the work of the Holy Spirit in growing love in us, but we have to cooperate. Mm. How do we cooperate? We obey Mm. the words of God that once they've come alive in us, we obey them. Once we've heard them, we obey them. Uh, but then at the end of verse, verse um, 19, we love because he first loved us. Mm. It never begins with us. It's free. Mm. It began mm. with God. It comes through Jesus. It's worked out in us by the Holy Spirit, but we have a responsibility at every step yeah. to, to be engaged, to be abiding, to be willing, um, to be trusting. And, and one of the scary things we find is God will not control us. Um, and he will not treat us robotically. Uh, he's always looking for our 
our will and consent. Mm-hmm. So there's freedom. But in that freedom, there's actually responsibility. And that's a bit scary at times. Yep. And the ifs show us the responsibility. You know, my friends, if you do what I command. Mm-hmm. And what did I command you? To love one another as I've loved you. What does love look like? That you lay, love one another, that you lay your life down for one another. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life mm-hmm. for his friends. The word there is philos, yeah. which is not your beloved ones like a husband or wife or people you're in love with um, in that way. I just love being with this person. They're your friends. You know, the people you're walking through life work together and, and the one right. another's in the body of Christ, aren't they? Right. Your friends are like the brothers who are from a different mother, aren't they? The, uh, yeah. 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 yeah awesome, so, I love it. It's so good. And we, it's one of those, it's, it's the passage that keeps giving. Um, but that's great. Yeah. Been a good chat. It does. Yeah. So, Father, God, we just pray for every person listening that they'll feel the freedom to just come and abide in you. Mm-hmm. To give up trying, and to take a, to allow themselves just to invest their whole life into trusting you and yeah. Jesus, and to just say, Jesus, I want your love for me to be my love for every person I encounter. Yeah. I, I want to love my friends as you love me. I want to love the one another's in the body of Christ, right all around me, the ones I meet and bang into daily and weekly as you love me. Jesus, I don't claim to be able to do it, but Mm. I'm willing. I'm willing and and I'm trusting you to be at work in me to produce this fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Rhythms Podcast. Remember, you can find the Bible plan for this week at unitechurch.org.nz. We'd love for you to join us as we practice the daily rhythm of reading the Word and opening our hearts up to the authentic love and person of Jesus Christ. If you want to get a hold of me, you can find me at Elijah at unitechurch.org.nz and Paul at paul at chasingtruth.nz. Aroha nui.